I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. On this episode, I answer the question, how can our family of churches grow to a million or more disciples by the year 2050? Listen as I offer 10 ideas for seeing our churches grow and flourish in the coming decades. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. How can the kingdom grow to a million or more disciples by 2050? One of my dreams is to help the kingdom to grow to a million or more disciples by 2050. I'll be 85 in the year 2050. According to the life expectancy calculator provided by Social Security, I've got about 25 more years. That'll take me to 82. However, my mom just died this year at the age of 97. So based on that, I think I might just make it to 85. Here's what I'd like to see if and when I make it to 85. I want to see churches all over the world, in every large city, every mid-sized city, in every small town. I want to go to conferences that number in the hundreds of thousands, not just the tens of thousands. I look forward to the day when meeting a new disciple. When I do, it takes more than a few degrees of separation to find someone we both know. I look forward to the day when young disciples in their early and mid-twenties are leading mission teams to new locations and seeing their churches grow. I look forward to the day when every large metropolitan area has kingdom churches in every city within that metropolis. I want to see a fired up, growing family of churches that no matter where you go to visit, you'll find a warm welcome and common culture of passion for Jesus, love for each other, and a drive to grow spiritually. That's the church I was baptized into, and that's the church I want to die in. How can we do this? Well, here's some ideas. Number one, Revive the pillar church planting strategy. In the early days of our movement, the idea was to plant a church in the major metropolitan centers of our world, and then from there, plant churches to that particular region. That's why Paul could say in Romans 15, 19, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. And in Romans 15, 17, he went on, But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I've been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. Now, he hadn't reached every person in the Mediterranean coastal area that he traveled, far from it. However, he had planted churches in key regional cities, places like Ephesus and Philippi and Corinth. He wanted to use Rome as a jumping off point to reach a new area in Spain. Our family of churches has done an amazing job in getting churches to the metropolitan centers of the world. The year 2000 plan was nearly accomplished in getting a church to every city of at least 100,000 in every country. However, we need to fulfill that original plan. 
The goal was from those metropolitan cities, each smaller city and town would be reached. We have so far to go in reaching small and mid-sized cities and towns in the areas we've already planted churches in. The first stage might be completed, but in order to evangelize the world, we need to move on to regional saturation. Here's my second idea. We need to redefine the goal to get one church in every city in every metropolitan area. The creed guiding our planting philosophy is one church in one city. However, the way that's come to be interpreted is one church in one metropolitan area. If we actually held to the idea of one church in one city, we would open the door for so much more growth. For instance, according to Wikipedia, there are 88 cities in Los Angeles County, each with a mayor and a city council. That's 88 in the county. That's, that's only in Los Angeles County. The greater Los Angeles metropolitan area is composed of five counties with a multi- multitude of distinct cities within them. What if we had a kingdom church in each one of those cities? I'm reminded of Paul's command to Archippus in Colossians 4.17. See to it that you complete the ministry you've received in the Lord. I feel the burden to complete the ministry God gave me when he brought me to Tucson. To reach the city and metropolitan area of 1.3 million souls. I'm currently working on a plan to get churches to all the nearby cities and areas in this large metropolitan area. I want to see 10 or more churches planted by the year 2030. My plan is to form a team of disciples and find a leader or leadership couple who wants to plant a new church. I would move to that neighboring city or area with the leader and the team and walk with him and them for a year or two. I'd still be leading the church here in Tucson, but would live in that mission area and disciple that leader as he gets it off the ground. After that, I'd move to another city or area, not more than 30 minutes drive from the main Tucson church. The church planting would not be a region, it would not be a zone, wouldn't be a house church, but it would be an independent church connected by a common love for God and his church. We would work together to help to get the entire metropolitan area reached. I dream of the day when there are 10 or more churches around this area of 1 million or more metropolitan area. We could have a church for each 100,000 people. That would be awesome. Third idea. We need to emphasize small church planting. Large churches grow slower. They are amazing resources, resource centers for wisdom, experience, money, and manpower. But as the church grows larger, it becomes dramatically more difficult to grow a larger church. More manpower, more money is needed to simply maintain the membership that exists. Leaders who lead large 500-plus member churches are going full tilt to help their church grow. But friction develops once a church grows past a certain size. A positive example of this is the Flagstaff, Arizona church planting. That church was planted last year in the summer of 2021. It was composed of eight faithful disciples who had kept the torch burning dimly for several decades. When Brian and Abby Mackey led the team and started the church, it grew from that eight-member Kingdom Frontier outpost to a thriving current membership of nearly 50 members in a little over a year. It's just plain easier to grow a small church than a large church. Number four, how can we get to a million or more disciples by 2050? Raise up and send younger church leaders. Many of our existing churches were planted in the 80s and 90s by disciples who are in their mid-20s. 
often just graduated from college. I remember meeting evangelists who were in their mid-30s and thinking, that guy's really old. Today, a new leader is lucky if he can be appointed an evangelist by 40. One of the reasons is many young, young leaders haven't been given the opportunity to go out and plant a church or lead a small church on their own. The rate of learning in a planting or small church is dramatically faster than leading in a region of an existing church. Why? Well, the missionary has to do everything, every facet of church leadership. He'll make a ton of mistakes, but he'll learn from campus, singles, and married leadership. He'll have to do it all. He'll figure out children's ministry, administration, location finding, contracts, event planning. There's nothing he won't face during the time he's in that small church. I was appointed an evangelist at the age of 25. And at the time, I didn't consider it unusual or premature. Why? Because I'd already planted a church in Portland, Oregon, and had learned the, the exciting way, what it takes to run a congregation. Number five, how can we get to a million or more by 2050? Promote the missionary gap year in our churches. Promote the missionary gap year in our churches. The Mormon Church, or the LDS Latter-day Saints, is one of the fastest-growing churches in the world. Despite a doctrine that I would more closely associate with science fiction or a fantasy novel, it's mastered a number of very effective practices that outweigh any doctrinal deficiencies. For example, they emphasize family building, and they expect every member to tithe. However, the one I find the most worthy of imitation is their practice of sending off missionaries immediately after high school. In 2019, the LDS Church sent out 67,000 18 and 19-year-olds on mission around the world. This has so many benefits, including creating strong conviction in young disciples. The years, Secondly, the, the years after high school are often the most tumultuous and tempting for many young disciples. Those who come back from a mission at 20 have matured and changed in those two years. It offers adventure and travel to our kids. You don't need to be 30 to teach the gospel. The first principle series can be absorbed and taught by teens, absolutely. And it creates a youth culture that shares a common foundation of sacrifice for Christ. When my son James graduated high school in 2013, I helped him arrange a missionary year spent in Tokyo, Japan. He went back to where he was born, refreshed his Japanese, climbed Mount Fuji, made friends, made disciples, and came back a transformed young man. What if we had a core of high school graduates going on mission for one or two years? We'd see the churches grow where, where they went, they themselves would grow, and they'd come back firmly convinced in their faith. Sixth idea for getting our church to a million or more. Examine and change our biases against small cities, small towns, and smaller areas. One mindset that keeps us from taking the next step to a million or more disciples is the prejudice against small and medium-sized cities and towns. For many disciples, anything less than 3 million people in population is considered a quote-unquote hick town or the backwoods. By that yardstick, ancient Rome, with an estimated population of a million people in 100 AD, would be considered a flyover city or a backwater by today's standards. I remember talking with a leader about my desire to save my home state of Oregon, now, the whole state of Oregon has had at that time around 3 million people in it. He laughed and said, why would you want to go there? There are more trees there than people in Oregon. You know, I'm glad I didn't adopt his mindset. 
Shortly after that, I moved back to my hometown of 20,000 people and started a church without any financial backing. I wasn't thinking about how large or small the area was. I was thinking, I have to save my family at any cost to myself. Current technology enables us to work remotely, stay connected, and live anywhere we choose to. There has never been a better time to reach every area for Jesus. Number seven, tap into our deep well of experienced leadership. There are so many former and current leaders sitting in the audience of churches around the world on any given Sunday. Many of those could lead a church starting tomorrow. Many disciples converted in the 70s, 80s, and 90s are now at the peak of their careers or planning for retirement. While it's wise to plan for financial retirement, it's foolish to retire spiritually. If you're 50 or 60 or 70, you're probably going to live another 20 to 40 years. That's like a second career. What if you use that to go on a mission team, strengthen a small church, or lead a planting or small church? There are churches all over who would love to have your level of experience that are begging for leadership. They would benefit from your wisdom. This could be the most effective and fruitful period of your life. You know, from time to time, I get emails and texts from people who've been converted in the Crossroads ministry or converted later on in other ministries. And and they're as fired up as they've ever been. And I want to tell you, and I want to talk to you, I say, listen, you're not done yet. Take a look at Psalm 92, 12 through 15. It says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. I love that passage. Because what it tells me is, when you're walking with God, you're going to still bear fruit in old age. You're going to stay fresh and green. That's what brings you life, is doing God's will. That's, what, that's our food, is to do, to do God's will. You can be fruitful at whatever age you are right now, whether you're 20, 18, or 28, 48, 68. I've been going on campus four days a week this entire fall semester at the University of Arizona. I'm studying the Bible with young men I've personally met. Not one has indicated that 57 years old is too old for them to learn from. Ken and Debbie Burford retired from their law practice and led the Flagstaff Mission Planting Outpost for seven years before the mission team was sent there. They were the indispensable couple to lead and maintain that group of disciples until reinforcements came. Gary Roberson is leading a church in Hilo, Hawaii with his wife, Christy. He graduated from Harding University 50 years ago, 1972. Guess what? He's still preaching the word and raising up a younger man in Brad Tomashiro. You could do the same. Don't head to the gated community, the fenced-in compound. Go to the mission field instead and make your life count. Number eight, how can we grow to a million or more disciples by 2050? Create a spring of mission funding. When I was a baby Christian, every Sunday I'd look around to a young congregation. Tom Brown, my church leader, was quote-unquote old at 35 years old. Now when I visit other churches, it's like going to a journey concert. The people I see have graying or gray hair. But what we, we may lack in youthfulness, we make up for in money. 
most of those who form the backbone of our churches are in their prime earning years. You're maybe in your 40s or 50s. We have the money for missions now more than ever. We've never had more financial ability than we have right now to expand our churches to a million or more disciples. What it'll take is an intentional focus on funding new leader training and new churches. This is where money multiplies in souls saved. When we planted the church in Flagstaff last year, we held a special thank you dinner for mission supporters, those who'd given exceptionally large gifts to get the church off the ground. Though some couldn't make it to the dinner, one did whom I'll never forget. His name was Andrew Shea from Dallas, Texas. He and his wife, Leah, had decided, had listened to this podcast, heard about the mission team, and without solicitation, sent a large gift. His money has multiplied five times over the last year in the form of souls saved and growth in disciples. What makes Andrew unique is that he's not even 30 years old. He's still in his 20s. What if every disciple who's mature and well-employed had that same intentionality to advance the kingdom? We could definitely get to a million or more disciples by 2050. How else can we get to a million or more disciples by 2050? Take a year off to advance the mission. Todd and Karen Schultz took a sabbatical year from teaching to serve in the mainland China churches. They shared about their experience in my book, Courage, How to Make This Life Count. They spent time with Kelsey and Jelaine Hahn, and it refreshed their walk with Christ. You could do the same. If you're considering a break or you're in between jobs, why not go on a mission, either domestically or overseas? Point number 10, go overseas to do mission work. It's no secret that the fastest growing churches are not located in Europe or the United States. The areas that are responding to the gospel most readily are generally located south of the equator. Places like Central and South America, Africa, Indonesia, and other developing areas. If you're frustrated in your outreach, why not go overseas to save souls? You can learn the language and share the gospel as you do. You'll be in a region that's experiencing more ready acceptance of the gospel. The spiritual soil is better in many of those areas. I've never regretted going to Japan for 10 years with my family. I feel for those who haven't had the opportunity to experience a different culture and serve overseas. If you're thinking about it, I want to offer you some advice. There's never going to be an opportune time. I've talked to people who've who've called me and they say, you know, we're thinking about going overseas. We're thinking about doing this, but we've got kids. We've got this going on. We don't know when's the right time. There's never going to be the perfect time. If you've been thinking about Sean Wooten's Revive Eastern Europe program, sign up. Just go. If you've considered going to help the churches in South Asia or Southeast Asia, just go. If you want to go to China, make it happen. It will never be easy, I can promise you. It will never be convenient. It'll never be the perfect time. You will have to uproot and go. And guess what? You'll never regret doing it. We can grow to a million or more disciples. I have so many more ideas on how to accomplish that. I think about this. I just, I, I just go, wouldn't that be so awesome? And I look forward to sharing more in, the fu- in future episodes. But it starts with you, with this group of listeners. You're listening because you want to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. You want to make this life count. You want to live a no-regrets life. 
Together, we can do this. It always starts with a few people determined to make a difference. Why couldn't we see our family of churches grow from 100,000 or more disciples to a million or more disciples over the next 30 years? That would be something to live and to die for. I'd like to hear from you about this topic. Email me at rob at robskinner.com. That's rob at robskinner.com. And let me know what your ideas are, how you think we can get to a million or more disciples by 2050. And I'll share your thoughts on a later episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd like to ask your help and support through one of the following. First, hit the subscribe button. Please subscribe. Tell your friends about the program. Second, post the episode and its links on your, on your favorite social media site. Let your friends know about it. Third, read one of my books, How to Plant and Grow a Church, or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find those on Amazon or at IPI Books. If you've read one of my books, please leave a review on Amazon. I, I was looking at one of my books, and there's like five. I know a lot, bunch of people have read it, but there's only like five reviews. Please, if you've read one, or if I've sent it to you and you've read one of my books, please leave a re- review on Amazon. I'd really appreciate it. And finally, just pray for me. Pray for the church here in Tucson. Pray for my family. I appreciate your spiritual support. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no-regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.